0: Good morning. Good morning and uh, welcome. Welcome to all of us who remembered to change our clocks, right? And, uh, and sprung ahead. And if you're online on YouTube or Facebook and you're doing it live, congratulations. You also changed your uh, clock and we changed our clocks. We're, we're here, we're joining in, we're connected, we're engaging in this time of worship. Um, wherever we are and however we are, we know that God is with us and God is present and no matter what time it is, no matter how cold it is in South Florida. Yeah, I'm Pastor Rafe. We're here in South Florida, and this is not March in South Florida. This is not what it's supposed to be, but uh, we know that we have brothers and sisters all across the country who are uh, experiencing weather a lot more difficult than, uh, than our chilly breezes down here. But it's the time for us to come together now in this moment, whatever the temperature, whatever time it is, and to worship our god and that's what we're here to do is to lift up our praise and to worship our god so let's enter into worship and share together in song
1: and i said it was a good thing to come into the house of the lord um won't you please join us in song <laughs> so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have
0: everlasting life. Thank you God. Thank you. Thank you.
1: For God so loved the world that he gave his only believe will not perish they shall have eternal life sing with me I shall hold to the cross I shall hold to God
0: Maybe see, uh, we've come to our, our pegs moment, our pray, engage, give, and serve, and uh, I want to focus in today on giving. I don't know everybody's going to go, oh, Pastor Ray, you know, yes, giving, and yes, I do want to remind you to go online or to drop here in the plates here, or, or snail mail to the church, your gifts, your offerings, because giving is part of our character, it's part of who we are and what we do, and, and giving is the essential in how we live out our, our Christian faith. But we have other opportunities to, to give also, and um, want to uh, remind everyone, whether you're here with us this morning or, or sharing live, engaging live, um, on our campus today is a blood mobile, and so you can give blood, and that is giving literally giving life in uh, some circumstances. And so this is a great opportunity to give today. Also, a, a reminder that our United Methodist Church has a wonderful relief organization that we come to know as UMCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief. And they are already working in some relief work in uh, Europe in the areas that are um, where refugees are coming um, from the war that's happening in the Ukraine. And so if you want to give to that, know that if you just mark your gift UMCOR or mark it uh, you know, Relief or something along those lines, we'll be sure that it goes directly there and that work in caring for those folks who, ha- who are the innocent victims of the war that's uh, happening now in, in Europe. And so these are opportunities for us to give, for us to give of who we are and, and practice what it is to be people of faith and to share what we have been blessed with with others through giving in the church, through giving our blood, through giving through uh, relief organizations. Thank you. Pastor Lisa, lead us in uh, prayer, right? Is that what happens now? <laughs>
2: You're the boss. <laughs> Good morning, I'm Pastor Lisa. If you'll bow your heads with me and take a moment to center ourselves in God's presence. God of great love, take hold of our hearts and let us sit in the stillness of your presence as we turn our souls to you. Help us to be still and discover the mystery of the living Christ within us inspire us to turn ourselves inside out in service to you. As we go through our daily tasks, as we clean our homes, commute to our offices, work in our gardens, sit at our desks and answer our emails, may we honor you. As we read to our children, greet our neighbors, jog in the park and shop in the mall, may we honor you. At work, or at play, take hold of our hearts, O God, and awaken us to the presence of your love. May your love spill over into our lives in such a way that it lightens the path and eases the burdens of each person we meet. We pray in the name of the one who came as light of the world, as love incarnate, Jesus the Christ, who taught us to say, Our Father, Thou art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen.
0: God's word for us today um, comes from uh, Philippians. This is a, a letter that uh, Paul wrote to uh, a small little congregation in the area of Philippi. Um, that area around there where we know today as uh, 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 Athens and Corinth and Philippians and Thessalonica and what we know as, as Turkey, uh, where there's Ephesus and and Laodicea, all of these this is the area where Paul worked, and Paul started churches all around that Aegean Sea there, in that part of the Mediterranean. And so Paul's writing to this little church at uh, Philippi, giving them words of encouragement, and, and really about uh, the models of faith, because we need models, right? We need somebody who, who shows us the way and not only just teaches it to us, but exemplifies it with their life. And that's what Paul is writing about here. Brothers and sisters... Become imitators, imitators of me, and watch those who live this way. You can use us as models. As I have told you many times, and now say with deep sadness, many people live as enemies of the cross. Their lives end with destruction. Their God is their stomach, and they take pride in their disgrace, because their thoughts focus on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven. We look forward to a Savior that comes from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform our humble bodies so that they are like His glorious body by the power that also makes Him able to subject all things to Himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and miss, who are my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord. Amen and amen. O oh Lord, may we stand firm in you. Be true in us and speak your word into our hearts and our lives. Amen and amen. Our citizenship is in heaven. That phrase in that piece of scripture and really used in other places too as an image has just always caught me. Our citizenship, our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, we're not citizens here. Paul's describing, you know, our our citizenship here can get lost in all of those, you know, cravings that we have, you know, like, you know, craving in our stomachs and everything else. But uh, our citizenship really is in heaven. And I think part of the reason that this phrase catches me is because, see, I'm a South Florida boy. I am, uh, grew up here in, in Miami, in South Dade, and uh, everybody down here is an alien. Their citizenship is somewhere else, right? Where they come from, what their background is, what their culture is. Everybody is from somewhere else. Everybody has is, is, uh, got a home country that they're trying to hold on to, or remember, or is part of their culture, part of who they are, and so everybody comes from other countries, other places, other cultures, and we hold on to these customs and these practices, and it's actually beautiful. It's beautiful down here, the, the mixing of the cultures and everything. It's absolutely a wonderful thing, The the diversity of music and the diversity of foods. Now, that's really good, you know, and all of that stuff, because you know, I, I love me my Cuban congri and roast pork. But let me tell you, there's some real good jerk out there too, right? That jerk food that we eat. And, uh, and beans and rice cooked a billion different ways because we have a billion different cultures here. And so in South Florida, we have all these people that their original citizenship, where they feel attached to, is, is somewhere else. You know, maybe it's from Cuba or it's from Haiti or from Jamaica or the Dominican Republic, or a myriad of other islands across the Caribbean, or from Brazil, or Venezuela, and all the countries you know, in Central and, and South America. And can't even begin to name the European countries that have languages in our schools that our schools also have to address. And so it is just a, a world where everybody's citizenship, where everybody's foundation is from somewhere else. You know, we live here. We live here in South Florida. We live here in Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. But really, our, our households, our customs, you know, come from somewhere else. Even both of my parents. Both of my parents are, are immigrants to, to South Florida. They brought us here. My mother is an immigrant from the uh, farms of Southern Maryland. You know, a completely different culture. But, you know, I identify with the music from there. I know how to open a Chesapeake Crab you know, from the Chesapeake Bay, I know how to do that and, and eat my crab. My dad and his family emigrated from, from Cuba and I love those traditions and, that, and the music. I went to Cuba and the first time I went to a worship service in Cuba and they started playing the music, I could do nothing else but get up and dance. It was just in me. Yes, dancing in church, can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> the praise band's going, yeah, we need to do more of that. <laughs> Because we are connected to somewhere else. But the question that Paul is putting before us is, where is your citizenship? Where do you feel connected? What is your homeland? And he says very clearly, our citizenship is in heaven. And so what does it mean to live here on this spinning orb as an alien? When our citizenship belongs somewhere else, what does it mean to live here as an alien while we hold on to the practices and the customs of our homeland, the kingdom? The kingdom. I'm not talking about churchy customs because the church kind of customs, they can change with every culture and every place across the globe. The songs that we sing, the ways we do worship, and the ways we manage churches, all that kind of stuff, it, it changes everywhere around. So I'm not talking about the customs of our homeland and the church, I'm talking about our heavenly customs, our kingdom customs and practices. Peace, love, generosity, blessing others, welcoming, forgiving, showing grace and mercy. What does it look like to live like our citizenship is somewhere else and we are aliens? And who has modeled that for us? Sometimes the best models, at least sometimes for me, is, uh, is characters in literature. And there's a character in literature that is one of my favorites. Um, you know, he, he becomes a preacher. So of course, you know, preachers and priests have go, who become heroes of the story are a big deal for me. And so, one of my favorite literary characters is a man by the name of Charles Muriel. Charles Muriel was a privileged person who lived in um, uh, the early 1800s in France. His father was a judge, and so he was privileged in that old French monarchy kind of way. But uh, when the monarchy was overthrown, Muriel and his family were pushed away, and Charles and his wife had to be exiled and and leave the country. And while he was away, his his wife died, tragically. And so he gave his life to Christ and became a a priest and eventually made his way back into, into France where he would live. And he lived in such a generous way, in such a welcoming way as a priest, giving and sharing and caring for his little area that um, he, everybody called him Monsignor Benvenu, the priest of welcoming. Bienvenue means welcome. And so he was the welcoming man. Now, he's a main character, he, he's the essential character of the first 40 pages of a book that probably many of us have heard of, but we've only seen the musical, Les Mis but the first 40 pages of the book are all about the transformation of the priest who would lie then to the police officers in order to give Jean Valjean a second chance. And so this priest, his life has been transformed, his life has been changed, and and he is living as an example of the kingdom and living into the kingdom, and he shows this welcoming spirit, and he shows this welcoming grace and this mercy. And as an influencer on the life of Jean Valjean, he puts Jean Valjean in a place of crisis. A, A crisis moment because now Jean Valjean has been convicted of his own life. And how will it mean for him that this priest has given him these, the silver that he would have stolen anyway, if, and the priesthood forgave him, and then gave him even more candlesticks. And what we never find out from the short musicals or plays or movies that we watch because they condense a 1,400-page book, is that those candlesticks, they were the absolute last vestiges of the wealth that Charles Moriel once knew. Until he was transformed into Monsignor Benvenu. He gave Jean Valjean the last vestiges of his wealth and his privilege. He gave it all. He gave it all to be the influencer of another life in the name of Jesus Christ. An influencer. And if you haven't watched the musical, I hope I've inspired you enough now to at least watch the musical and maybe even pick up the 1,500-page book. But it becomes this living as a citizen of the kingdom. We become these influencers on others. We understand that term these days, don't we? Influencer. We've seen it in social media. People become influencers because they're they're popular, they're well-known, they may be stars or people that are always in the media, so everybody pays attention to what they're wearing and what they think. But there are also influencers that research and study, and they, they find out things about uh, you, you know, household products or diets or exercise, and they get out there and they, they share their information and what they've uh, discovered, and they influence people's lives, and so there are influencers that are out there that will influence our lives. And what Paul is saying in this passage is that the people who walk in this way, the people who are citizens of the kingdom, the people who live their lives like this, like a, a convicted and transformed life following the way of Christ, these are the influencers. These are the models that you follow. Watch who live in this way. Watch who live in this way, these life models these folks who live as citizens of the kingdom, for those are the ones that will influence your life. And Paul himself was a grand influencer because once he was a Jewish citizen, not just a Jewish citizen, but by his own language, a Pharisee among the Pharisees, the best of Pharisees, the best that there could be. He knew the law and knew it inside and out and made sure that people followed the law and that the law was just and... And came to everybody just right. And and Paul, well, as Saul, he wanted so much for the, the law to be followed that he was a persecutor of those who had followed the way, the way of Christ. And so he, with arrest warrants in hand, he goes to travel to a city of Damascus. And on his way to that city, he's met on the road by this bright shining light. And the voice of the Son of God from heaven saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he's blinded, and he's somewhat taken back and convicted by the word he has heard along the road. He enters into Damascus blind. And waiting there, he's influenced by a follower of Jesus Christ. This follower who knows that he can be arrested if he goes to see this Saul, but he goes to see this Saul, lays hands on him, prays over him, heals, and Paul regains his sight. His name changes, his character changes, and you think, oh, that's the transformation story. If we read the scripture, that's the the testimony of Paul that we hear about. He shares his story, and then we have all these letters that we read, and he's starting the church, but no, the transformation takes a while. Paul spends some time in, uh, in retreat, years, listening to God and focusing on God and and hearing a call of Jesus Christ on his life and, and, and spends this time alone with God. And then Paul just goes home. He's Paul of Tarsus, Saul of Tarsus. He goes home to Tarsus and he goes into the family business and he's making tents and doing leather work and all that kind of stuff. And he's there for, for years. And then finally, an influencer by the name of Barnabas. Someone who's living that life of, as a citizen of the kingdom, comes to Paul, and he says, all right, it's time for you to get up and move around. You've got to stretch your legs a little bit, and we're going to travel all over this Asia Minor area, what we know as Turkey, and that's what they do. They begin traveling together, and then Paul begins to influence other lives, and John Mark travels with him, and Paul becomes a, a mentor to Timothy and influencing his life, and Paul begins to begin churches all in that area of the Mediterranean, the Aegean Sea, and churches begin there. And Paul even starts what is like maybe the, the first Bible school or seminary in Ephesus. And he spends three years in Ephesus teaching people to be lay pastors, to spread out all over that area, and, and to lead those churches. And yes, he runs into conflict. And yes, it is not it is difficult and it is hard. But he lives as a citizen of the kingdom as a citizen of heaven and lives are changed and lives are transformed and we have the emergence of the church as we know it today because of living as an influencer, as the kingdom person, as a citizen of a different place, holding on to those customs and practices of love and peace and welcoming and generosity and hope and joy and mercy and forgiveness, holding on to those customs and becoming an influencer, a model of those customs and practices of the homeland, the kingdom of heaven. And I know that we wouldn't be sitting here today or engaging online and searching on YouTube or Facebook or the church website for something like this unless there was somebody who had influenced us, influenced you and me. Who influenced you? Who has been that influencer in your life who lived as a citizen of the kingdom and influenced your life? Maybe the person who influenced you was this family member who was, you know, in the old terms, just always in church. Right, consistent about worship, constant about giving and generosity, and influenced you with love. Somebody like that in your life who was consistent and constant, always, since the day you knew them, to the day they passed, if they have passed, that they were just always a part of the citizenship, the citizenry citizenry of heaven. Or maybe... Somebody in your life, a friend, extended family member, who you've gotten the blessing of watching their life transform. Transform like the literary character in a book or like Saul to Paul himself. Maybe you got to see somebody's life transform where they move from a place of of brokenness and hurting and shame to a place of healing and wholeness and living a life following the way of Jesus Christ. Or maybe someone's life was transformed, they moved from indifference. Yeah, you do your thing, I do my thing. They move from indifference to a full-out, whole-on commitment to Jesus Christ, where they're influencing other people's lives and changing other people's lives, and they're growing always, becoming more regular in worship and praising God, becoming growing in their generosity and their giving, always growing as a love influencer. They changed their citizenship from let me just get the things that I like, fill my belly, to giving and sharing and generosity and loving and blessing and doing good for others and giving their life away because that's what it is to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Who has influenced you? But there's another side to that question. Who are you influencing? Because I guarantee there is somebody watching your life. There is somebody watching your life. And how do you live? As a citizen of the world, as a citizen of the culture around us, as a, uh, a citizen of our homeland that we might have moved from? Are you influencing others by the way that you live out that life as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Who is witnessing your life? As a follower of Jesus Christ, we have been influenced by other followers of Jesus Christ. As a follower of Jesus Christ, people are being influenced by how you live and where your citizenship lies. Amen and amen. Most gracious God, we thank you for your loving and generous Invitation to us to be citizens of your kingdom. Thank you for giving to us your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to show us the way of that kingdom. The customs and the practices of of love and forgiveness and generosity and giving and blessing. And thank you for all of those who have influenced our lives who have shown us and been models for us of the way of faith. And Lord, help us to grow as our lives become an influence on others. Amen amen. Let us take some moments to respond to God, to respond to God with our prayers and to respond to God's word with our singing. Let's sing together.